Hey, I want to thank our amazing sponsors at Mules and More magazine. Mules and More has been around a long time. It's a great magazine. And uh, shoot, I've been reading this magazine since I was just a little kid. I remember my dad subscribed to this when I was little and I'd read it every month and loved it. And now uh, our good friend Corey Daniels has taken over as editor of this magazine the last few years and she has done an amazing job um also did you know that meals more comes in a digital format you can download it on your phone read it wherever you're at so hey be sure to check them out mealsmore.com and uh you know hey tell them ty sent you i'd be very grateful mealsmore.com Hey friends, this is episode 118 of the Everyday Mealmanship Podcast. I'm here with my best pal, Sky Pie. Hello. <laughs> and a fly. A really annoying fly. Coming to you from the Freightliner studio, we are hanging out in our semi-truck at the uh, Mayport Arena in Portland, North Dakota. I'm getting ready to do a clinic here this week. And hoping we don't get uh, rained on too much. If we were out west, we would be welcoming the rain, huh? Yep. Out here. We don't want it to rain anywhere. I really don't want it to rain. <laughs> <laughs> Send the rain to Utah. At, we're least, in, at least on clinic days. We don't need the rain. We're in a mega drought. So we need the rain out in Utah. But not here. Not for our clinic. We're going to do something a little different this for this episode. We're going to combine... Our McCook Clinic or McCook Nebraska Clinic debrief and our Mule Tip Tuesday. Got a whole bunch of really good questions that we're going to get to, but I want to start by talking about our recent clinic in McCook. So, Sky, you've been able to ride in in the, most of the clinics like this year, haven't you? Yeah, I've been trying to. How do you like it? I love it. I always feel really left out when I don't get to ride so you've been left out for the last six years yeah eight years I guess the kids are just old enough that I can keep them busy while I ride a little bit more I feel like they're not gonna die and do something <laughs> crazy or kill each other while I'm away for a moment <laughs> so well, it's been good and the change is also that I have my own meal to work on again, which I was without for a few years. Tell so, us about how Cupcake has been for you, because you have her in the Hackamore now. Cuppy Cake is the best. She's doing really well. She's she's very distracted mule. Like, uh, you know, she's just always got to look at things. and But she's pretty even-tempered uh, and really... Um, pretty quiet for the most part. Her only issue that I ever have with her is being buddy sour and she's a lonely she, meal. She is very lonely, but she used to get like this spring. Uh, she would have a hard time. I mean, I could hardly keep her brain with me. Um, if Ty left with Riata to the arena without me. And, um, I remember specifically in John Day, Oregon, she, her brain just fell out as soon as Riata left and I, uh, had a whole different mule, but she's gotten better with that to where now if Ty needs to go before I do, which is most times I'm usually late, <laughs> but 
um, you know, she's distracted by Riata leaving, but she doesn't act like she lost her brain. So that's getting better, at least at the clinics and, and all that. But on the trail is where she really has trouble with that the most. And I, that's where I get to work on her the least because at home, you know, we have the kids and everything. So that's something I still really need to work at, but haven't had a whole lot of opportunity for. What's the big difference in running in the clinic and actually getting to ride in the clinic? It's a lot more fun to ride in it. Um, I really enjoy riding with people. You know, I, Ty's really good about going out and riding by himself and really working on his mule and himself alone. And I don't love that as much as he does. I really like to ride together, you know, so if Ty's going to go ride, I really want to ride. If I have so, to go by myself, I don't enjoy it as much, but I know it's important still. So the mule really is a mirror to your soul. It's true. I'm a lonely, lonely Just like person. cupcake. <laughs> Well, it's, I was that talking, happens to a lot of people, though. Well, I was There's talking to somebody thing. about that. I can't remember who it was. Um, but, you know, I don't ever ride without Ty. And before Ty, I didn't ever ride without my dad. Like, I never have been... I've never had to, really. I've always had someone to ride with. And anyway, so with Ty and I now, I mean, our mules are always together. I rarely... <laughs> something to the just this summer you know i'd have a lot of trouble with cupcake um say when she got behind or riata was too far ahead or riata was somewhere else or whoever he was writing it's not even just riata it's hannah too mm -hmm. but um then if ty comes to help me <laughs> then i don't have any more problems because he's now close enough that my mule is not troubled anymore mm -hmm. you know so he it's hard for anyway but we always get through the moments just fine, but she just makes the tiniest, tiniest progress on that, that it's really hard to, I don't know. It doesn't always feel like we're making much progress, but last week I was almost shocked at her disposition when she was standing tied at the trailer <laughs> because those who have been to the clinics have seen cupcake tied up and, um, She's always throwing a fit if she's there alone. Sometimes even when she's not alone, but she's just, she's a busy mind, you know, but um, usually I'll have her tied up in between, you know, but, or before my class and um, Ty will have Riata. And so she'll, so then Cupcake is there alone and she just hollers and hollers and hops and skips around the trailer wherever she's tied and just last week was the first time in all that I've known her <laughs> that she was standing there completely mentally comfortable being alone um and it was it was amazing and I had worked on her in the foundation class and really got particular um there was a lot of things. I was just about to smack me to get the fly. I'm like, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but I did the foundation class with Cupcake, which I haven't been able to do since I've had her. Because we're usually doing school mm -hmm. during that time, which we're going to start again. But um, I was able. You. What? Sad, sad for you. Very sad School's for back me. in session. <laughs> um, 
I was really particular about, because, you know, she goes through the motions fine, but getting really particular about the movements and seeing on the ground, like actually watching her feet and seeing what it looks like, all the trouble I have in the saddle and being able to really tune up on it on the ground. For example, she tends to like swap ends, you know, uh, when trying to move the front end and I was able to really kind of be more particular and, uh, and get better with my timing doing it from the ground. Anyway, it made a world of difference. And after that second day of the foundation class, I think it was the second day and she was standing tight at the trailer. Riata left for mulemanship one. She was standing there all alone and she was quiet. I mean, her brain was quiet, which is rare for her. She's busy. Mm -hmm. So I saw a little glimpse of possibilities for yep. a mentally comfortable mule. How do you how do you deal with pressure of being my wife? <laughs> what pressure? <laughs> well, uh, so because I feel the pressure all the time, because I'm I'm Ty Evans. I'm supposed to have my poop in a group <laughs> You're the with my Ty mules, Evans. like, and uh, we hear a lot at the clinic. Oh, I'm so glad to see you struggle. Yeah, like, what is that about? People are really <laughs> people are really happy when when they see me having a hard time. Uh, I think it just it's went... like with the Dally Diaries. Yeah, like I've gotten more. Well, I've gotten a lot of hate on that one too. But I've gotten more compliments on that than any other because like, oh, I'm so glad to see you having a hard time. And uh, well, but you you kind of deal with that in a way too with with a cupcake because people look at you and you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, you're supposed to, you know, I don't know. It's kind of this, uh, this, uh, well, it's a, I think it's a perceived pressure because it's not real because you yeah. could just ignore it, but you get a little pressure that ours are supposed to be perfect. Yeah. Well, I feel like for me moving into the hackamore, that was really scary pressure because, um, and pressure, not because you're worried about the meal, but because yeah. of what people think. Yeah, thinking that maybe, or me feeling like others might think Cupcake should be better than she is because mm -hmm. I have her in Hackmore. I mean, we still have our struggles, but um, overall, she's pretty darn handy. It's just trying to keep her, her brain centered, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I could feel more pressured if I let myself, but I uh, have to try not to really think about what other people are thinking. But I do think people think I'm uh, sometimes like have more answers than I do <laughs> because I like when folks say someday you guys will be so big doing clinics that Sky will have to go one <laughs> way and you'll have to go the other. To, to, and I'm like, I don't know, never, Sky. That would never happen. <laughs> I well, and it's funny. Sky doesn't want to come to my clinic. I, so no, I do. I just want to participate and learn in them. Mm -hmm. I most definitely don't want to be the teacher. Well, a lot of times you're you ask the most questions in the class. Yeah. Well, and sometimes, you know, you know, the questions you should be asking. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a difference. Some people don't know what they should be asking, but you do. So well, you're good at asking questions. Well, it's funny because I think a lot of people assume that since we're together all the time, that for one, we get a ride together all the time, which really isn't the case. We're usually split up with, because unfortunately, Swayze doesn't love to ride as much as Ty, Ellie, and I do. She enjoys it a little bit. For about five minutes. She'll do it because we're all doing it, but not because she wants to do it, you know? 
So that ends up kind of splitting us up a little bit. But yeah, I think people think for one, we get to ride together all the time. And with that, they think that you are like tuning me up or, you know, like helping me. Like I'm at, I get a private clinic all the time <laughs> and I really don't like, I can ask you a question if it comes up, you know, and we're, you know, doing our, well, I'm not that thing. type of person though, either. Yeah. He's I've not never on. been that type of person like to go tell people kind of like, like your dad, he's, he's quick to tell somebody what he thinks <laughs> he does. and gets in trouble sometimes, but, but I never do that. I, I, in fact, I don't tell anybody what to do outside of a clinic. Yeah. Cause I, in my, in my point of view, if they're not, if they're not there at the clinic to, or if they're not there to learn something from me or to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to bother them. And I don't do that with you either. I don't, I don't tell yeah, you. I, I, I never micromanaged and like told you do this or this or this ever. Yeah. I usually have to be like, Ty Evans, Even with Ellie. please give me a clinic. I need help. <laughs> Even with Ellie. I don't, I don't tell Ellie what to do. Yeah. You're a lot better at that than I am because I have a hard time not like you tell saying, do it do. this way, do it this way. <laughs> no, you need to, you know, try this. It's better. <laughs> it's hard to watch sometimes. Well, that's but, part, that's the part of the teaching that I try to be good at. Even in the clinics, I try not to dig at people or micromanage them. Mm -hmm. I show them maybe a way that works for me. And then I turn them loose and let them practice at it. But yeah, outside of clinics, I don't, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not telling you how to ride every second, nor am I even, not even in my own head am I scrutinizing it. Well, sometimes. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I always wonder, like, how much is he not saying because he wants me to learn on my own, you know, like you do in the clinics? Because I know Ty will be like, just let him, let him work at it. And because a lot of people be like, Ty, why don't you go and tell them to do it this way yeah one of my and, pet peeves is with spectators especially <laughs> they'll spectators will call me over to the side and say hey why don't you tell them to do this or they tell them themselves or they tell them themselves and you know that's that's why that same person doesn't get along with their mule because they pick at them too much you gotta let them you gotta let them learn you gotta let them figure it out on their own like just that whole set it up and and then wait. And it takes time. But I've learned that if you let somebody learn and don't teach them, does that make sense? Like let them learn without you having to like t tell them what, you know. Well, there's a difference that comes with being given all the directions, which honestly is what I like. I want to be told how to do it <laughs> and I'll do it, you know, <laughs> like. With most things, like something needs to be done, tell me exactly what needs to happen, and then I'll do it. But having to, anyway, but then the difference in that and somebody finding their way through it and having like an aha moment, like, oh my gosh, I got it. That felt good. And then doing it themselves is a totally different experience than just being told, do it this way, do it this way, do it this way. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I always wonder how often Ty is really doing that to me <laughs> and not telling me like being more specific, which is what I want, but only in the times that I want to hear it too. <laughs> like, but, but that's I, the other side of it is that you're yeah. my husband too. And don't tell me what to do, Ty. <laughs> What's that? There's a, which I'm not really like that. I want to be, yeah, I want to know, you know, but well, but the truth is I'm not judgmental that way either. Like I, I don't sit and watch people ride. I mean, out in, in a, in a clinic, I'm there to help people. So I am intently paying attention. 
right? But outside of th that clinic, I, I'm not that judgmental person that just sits and scrutinizes people's writing. I don't, I don't do that. Like that's not, that's not, yeah, that's not what I do. Um, like if we went out on a ride with a bunch of pals, I, I'm not watching them ride. And, and it's funny because sometimes we ride with people that are friend that come to the clinics and they'll do something to be like, what do you think of that? I'm like, well, I didn't, I didn't see it. Like you were looking right at me. I'm like, yeah. I was looking through you. <laughs> but I was, <laughs> I was working my own mule. Like I wasn't yeah. where in the clinics, even though a lot of times I bring my own mule, I don't, I, I'll, 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 I use that mule as a demonstration, not, not as a mule that I'm going to work on during class. So some people ask, Hey, we use my mule as a demo mule. I'm like, you don't get much. Uh, use. That'd be like the easiest gig in the world for that mule because they get like a, a couple seconds of a demonstration. And the most I can get out of that is learn how to stand that day. <laughs> Cause that's what they do yeah. a lot of. Well, looks like you'll be able to ride with us this week too. Yep. But it might rain. So I might be busy. <laughs> yeah you got your school <laughs> stuff in so yeah. hey let's talk about mccook so you got to do both classes at mccook i did and the crazy thing about mccook was between nobody signing up and between being cancellation lots of cancellations there ended up being five people and these these five people these these women were amazing and they all all five of them got to do both classes it was so really it was fun. it was like a semi-private clinic and we didn't have hardly we had a, a couple of spectators come um but it, but it was mostly a semi-private clinic so what'd you think about those ladies that came they were awesome every single one of them had such good attitudes and good it was, vibes it was a happy clinic it really was there's lots of um i feel like i love when people have a good sense of humor for themselves yep. you know where they don't take things too seriously because it's hard a lot of the stuff like you just feel so awkward until you finally feel like you got a handle on it like even for me you know i do the groundwork before i get on but i'm like ty where you know we get the groundwork going and then we we'd like to work on it in the saddle more than on the ground but um i don't work with the flag very often because i'll do my groundwork with my Makati rain, you know, before I get in the saddle or um, just with my lead rope. And I often just forget my flag, but um, so I feel really clumsy with the flag still. And I've been doing this groundwork for a long time. I just rarely pull my flag out. Um, but anyway, so even I felt silly and awkward and like, sorry, cupcake, I'm trying like, <laughs> you know, but mm -hmm. um, so these ladies, I feel like felt like they just were good happy open-minded like mm -hmm. uh okay to to laugh at themselves when they felt like they did something silly yeah they were and, really happy yeah it was great and they worked hard um and sometimes the, the uh, smaller classes like that when there's only five of them like that uh they don't get near the breaks that usually people get in a bigger class you can't hide no you can't hide like <laughs> typically if we have you know say between 10 or 15 people in a class and i make my rounds um it's not it's not that uh you know each each time i i 
I come and I make suggestions and I help the person. It's not like just because there's five people, it's longer, but it just happens more often because I make my rounds quicker. Right. So instead of making my rounds 10 or 15 people around there, it's only five. So I come right back to you really fast, you know, over and over again. Yeah. It's and uh, so a it, small group. Yeah. It's, it, it's, uh, they get, they definitely get more of me for sure, but it's a heck of a lot more work and they don't get the, the time to, to relax so much. I or, like or when soak. it's a small class because then I don't feel like I'm taking time away when, like Ty said, I have a lot of questions, <laughs> but you know, I feel like I can come in and really work at something and. Well, your attitude, you've told me is like, you, you said, well, if they're not going to use you, I will. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get, I'll get my worth out of this thing. <laughs> well, and a lot of times, you know, Ty will ask at the end of a, like a session or after we've worked on things for a minute, you know, and he'll ask if we have questions and he'll say, do you have any questions? And I say, Nope. I ask mine. As soon as they come up, I mm -hmm. don't save them and wait. I mean, there are some that might come up after hearing others, pe other people's questions. So I might have one at that point, but, but I'm, I like to ask it while I'm doing it. And that's part of my, like, I want to know what to do. I want to know how to hold my hand. I want to know what, where, where my flag supposed to be. I want to know the exact everything, <laughs> but, um, it's also different with each mule. I think, you know, it's like Ty has said, where we've had like engineers come to the clinic or, you know, people that do that for their job and they want to know all the, the particulars and like the angles and the degrees. And it's kind of different with each mule, you know? Yeah, it is. It so is different. There's no, there's no feel... buttons to push yeah. on every single mule. Every mule has a little, you, you got a feel of them. We use that word feel. F-E-E-L. P-H-I-L. <laughs> I love when Ty says feel instead feel. of feel. <laughs> this is how I taught my Utah rural accent. <laughs> um, so let's talk about a couple of things that come up this week. Um, so on the last day of the clinic... I'm brushing my mules and Sky's up doing her workout, going up and down the the, the grandstands. You're going, <laughs> you know, you're out there exercising. I'm saddling the mules and it's before the class starts. And then Cammie yells, Ty. Ty, Ty, we need help. We need help. And she is serious. Like I could just hear it in her voice. Like we need help now. And uh, Ellie and Swayze were over there with all them. And so my first thought was, oh no, like something happened to my kid or whatever. I just dropped my, I dropped the brush and just ran over there. What do you think when she, she yelled that? That's what I, I thought. I'm like, well, my kids are over there. But usually if they yell Ty, it's uh, mule related. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. my mind was more mule, like somebody's mule is, it was more, it was more of a worried yell than just uh, mules are out. You know, we hear yep. that, that yell a lot. Ty, we need help. There's meals out all the time. But, and or, I'm like, oh, well, they ain't going to go nowhere. We'll get yeah. them. But so, but so I run over there and it's the little two-year-old Midge is little, little Molly meal named Midge. She's not as little as she sounds by yeah. her name. She's actually, <laughs> she's actually a, I don't know. She's probably 14 and a half hands. Mm -hmm. oh, good sized little meal. Um, and she's halfway under the fence. Uh, she rolled, and, she, got she rolled and got stuck halfway into the fence. And, um, and as I walk up, she just laying there and I'm just thinking, 
that's a good meal. Like there's <laughs> and so, a baby too. Yeah. You know? you know, I've seen a lot of mules and horses in those situations panic. And there's and there's a lot of people that, that would say, well, yeah, mules panic less than horses. I, I've seen plenty of mules panic too, right there, you know. Um, but that mule, she she tried to get up a little bit and she just laid back down. And so I just wrapped the I, I grabbed the her the crown piece of her halter and I uh we we put the lead rope under her uh, under her right leg, her right front leg. She's laying on her left side. So under her, her leg there, you know, through her armpit there and everything. And we, we just pulled on the, I pulled on the crown piece and that lead rope and drug her under the, under the fence until she could get up. But even we drug her under it all the way through and she still <laughs> just lays there. <laughs> she just lays there. This real calm, like, okay, what are we doing? You know, and I'm just, I'm like, I, I told the, I told Liz, I'm like, that's a good mule. Yeah. That's a good mule. I know plenty of mules and horses and donkeys too that would have broke their neck right there. Yeah. Freaking out. You know, they would have broke their back. And that little mule just, just was just gentle, just quiet as can be. That was pretty neat, huh? Yeah. Well, sometimes it's hard to help them because they're in such a panic. But Liz, uh, Liz the owner, was just. And Liz was to, also calm too. Yeah, she's super chill. And uh, that made a big difference. She wasn't screaming sure. and worried. She was able just to kind of sit there with the mule and pet her until Ty got over there to help. And she was smart. She covered her eye as we're because we're running up. And then as soon as I saw the mule down, then I'm like, then I stopped running, walking fast. I just kind of walked up there nice and easy. I didn't run up to the mule, you know, either. And all the little details. Yep, lots of little things. She covered, kept the eye covered until I got behind the mule, and then. You know, yeah, it, it was, it was good. But I wanted to mention that just because that was, it was cool seeing that little meal stay so calm. You know who else I want to mention on here is so so Cynthia Petacolis. Did I say that last name right? Um, she so. came and uh, Cynthia has been working hard. She's been coming to clinics for a long time. We just saw her last month. Yep, she came to semi-private last month and, and at home and and whatnot. Um, so you've heard. A debrief about her a few times i'm sure <laughs> yeah she's funny gal really cool lady and ellie loves when cynthia comes because cynthia brings birch the ellie, the ellie uh this little mini donkey that ellie gets to work with and cynthia hires ellie to work with birch and um which is a love-hate relationship <laughs> He makes her work. Like, like, yeah. So we'll look over and Ellie will be smiling and giggling with Birch. We'll look over five minutes later and Ellie is, is sobbing, crying. Well, she's being drugged. Drugged around. This little mini donkey that's the size of a Labrador. Well, he's only two. And... Is dragging her through the dirt because Ellie doesn't weigh anything. I mean, she's just a little kid. She's not even 50 pounds. Yeah. And, um, and Birch is dragging her around. But, but Ellie, Cynthia makes sure that Ellie works. She's, she has Ellie get there at eight in the morning and Ellie works all, all morning, right? Eight to eight to noon. Basically Ellie, Ellie works, right? And she's good at staying in the whole class. She doesn't yep. try and leave early. Like she's yep. there to work. And she got, she, what she got paid, you got paid $5 a day. Yeah. To, and that was great. And Ellie loved it. She loved it. And she worked for it. She did. <laughs> she earned it. But, but anyways, that's not what I want to mention about Cynthia. What I want to mention about her was the big change that she had. Um, she got a new mule named Cruiser. And and Cruiser, he was a good mule. What do you think of him? He was great. He was just super very calm, quiet, like quiet, level headed. And he, he knew a lot of these things. Um 
uh, I, I think she had mentioned that, uh, Paul Garrison, who, who we know down in Texas, um, I've met him a couple of times, but you know, he, he, he does a lot of things, uh, similar as far as the, the training. We have a few different philosophies, but some of the moves he does is a lot of the same things I, I do. And, uh, so the mule knew a lot of these, uh, a lot of these particulars, which was good for Cynthia because she'd never ridden a mule that had been, you know, knows, knows these things. Well, and I think part of it too was even if he didn't know those things, but he was, she's so used to riding her other mule, Norma Jean, that she had at our this place. Extremely forward. And she just got a lot of, she's uh, got a lot of, um, what would it be brace like this, oh, yeah. mule, this mule cruiser didn't have brace. he didn't have any resistance to him yep. you know he'd just be she'd say let's do this and he'd be like okay what's that you know yeah sure what does that mean like you know yep and i think uh, that was that was a big difference for her to have something that just was already kind of loosened up and and willing you know yeah and this is something i mentioned last week that everybody needs a chance to ride a good mule that kind of knows a little bit because it'll change and she's like oh my gosh i finally I finally get this. Like it, it's, it's making some sense. It's, you know, it's coming together because I feel what it's supposed to feel like. But we're going to take a quick break right now and uh, thank our sponsors. And we'll be right back. Okay, we need to thank our friends at Lacey Boots. Our good pal Nancy Baldock got Sky hooked on lacy boots. These boots are some of the most comfortable on the market. They are C-width, which gives feet and toes more room. And the taller boots come in three calf sizes so they can fit just about anyone. These highly technical boots are extremely comfortable, fashionable, and add extreme impact protection. Lacy Boots also has a line of western shirts called the Cool Cowgirl. With cooling technology, these shirts are soft and stretchy, fully perforated for airflow, help keep you cool find lacy boots on facebook or visit lacyboots.com okay we are back with uh episode 118 of the everyday mulemanship podcast and we're just talking about our recent clinic in mccook nebraska um so before the break we were just talking about cynthia and riding cruiser and you know I think everybody needs a chance to ride a mule that kind of knows how to do these things that we're teaching, right? It, it's um, hard to know what you're trying to do if you don't know what yeah, it feels like. But that's is. part of it, too. But I, I also mean, don't want to like, give up my mule let everybody yeah. ride it. <laughs> I mean, she might not be able to do it. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it goes both ways where you yeah. have to do it right in order to get the mule to do it. But you have to learn how to do it right so that you can get the mule to do it right. Yep. But there is a difference in riding one that kind of knows how to move versus one that just, just doesn't know what you're even trying for, you know. Yep. Um, Mary, our uh, clinic host, Mary Williams. She's wonderful. Uh, she's she's great. Army veteran, served this country so we can enjoy these freedoms, right? Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool, and uh, very grateful for her service. Um, I was giving her crap because <laughs> she's a, after you're she's a, yeah, <laughs> I, I am, I am. I'm, but this is why I'm saying that. 
I'm giving her crap because here she is, a soldier, tough as nails, and she was scared to lope her mule. <laughs> it's scary for some of us. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, fear, fear is interesting, right? I'm like, lady, you can get shot at, but, but, but you don't want to let your mule lope. And, um, and it, that's, that's the funny thing about fear is that it, it's not really a respecter of persons, is it? Mm -hmm. It doesn't really or care experience, yeah. or experience or, you know, if you're afraid, you're afraid, right? And it really doesn't matter, you know, some, cause some people say, well, geez, Ty, you ride a, a bucking horse and you deal with a mule, you get kicked in the face and all these things, but you're scared of a snake. Yep. You bet I'm scared of a snake. <laughs> Absolutely. And they tell me, you know, well, a snake can only strike a third of its body length. I don't care. That that's that is... that's too that's too far for me, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, what I was telling Mary, I said, um, you're ready. You, you can do this. You can lope. And she said, I can't. She just couldn't. She couldn't do it. I can't do it. And I said, you're ready. And she said, no, I'm not. And I said, you're you're arguing with the expert here. You're ready to do this. And she said, I know you're you're right, but I can't can't do it <laughs> like yeah i'm ready but i'm not ready but we I talk exactly about, how that we talk about that a lot me and sky will joke about it how you know i'm only an expert until someone disagrees <laughs> that's it like, that's as far as your as my expertise goes is, is, is as long as you guys will agree with it um but you know just like the mules i've learned if it's not if it's not the mule's idea, it's not going to work that great for them. Even if I get them to do it, it's not their idea. If if they don't take responsibility for that, it's not going to be as, as good as it should be. So, yeah, I, I could have probably yell at her and got her to lope. <laughs> you know, I, I could probably get her to do it, right? Um, or talked her into it. But you know what? She was, she in her head, she really didn't want to. She wasn't ready in her head. Even a lot though of times I thought she I, could. I see people who are like, they want to be, uh, let's see, they want to lope. Like they're, they're like, Hey, I'm ready. We're going to do it. But everything in their body, as far as us on the outside, looking at them, their body is saying, do not lope. Yep. <laughs> you know? So their, their reins are back. They're sitting, you know, they're not physically ready to lope, even though they, they think they're positioned yeah. to do it you know what i mean well sometimes i'll 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 tell them in the clinic prove to me that you want to lope like show me that you want to lope i don't i don't see that you want to lope right yeah. now you're 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 kicking your, your mule your body here but you're but saying you're, you want to stop really yeah. bad <laughs> yeah and uh i've also learned that, that is really detrimental mm -hmm. and so probably the easiest way to get people to comfortable loping is actually to trot a whole bunch like that trotting really loosens you up and once you get to the lope it feels so much better it is it's a reward <laughs> it's a reward to lope yeah. after you've trot after you've, you've you've trotted that mule around the arena or up and down the trail you just can't wait to lope and um well, i used to do riding lessons just with kids and stuff and even like swayze you know she likes to trot slow trot but I always would tell people like, I promise you just get past that fast trot. You're going to be so much better yep. off. <laughs> You'll be so much happier and you're going to be so ecstatic when you hit that and feel that. 
And some people are worried about their animal. Um, we get emails quite a bit. Or you do, and you read them to me. <laughs> um, people wanting me to lope their mule. They want to see me lope their mule. Because they're worried about, I don't know, I guess getting bucked off or something happening. And um, It's like they want to see that it is going to go well before they dare yeah. do it themselves. I understand that. Yeah. Um, but I also see, and this is the blessing in my life, is that I have this this way of, of looking at it. See, I can see it like that from the human's point of view. But what about from the mule's point of view? Show me that you can ride that lope. Show me that you you are ready to lope that mule. And so a lot of people will do that. They'll want to have somebody else lope their mule, but they're not going to go take a lesson and lope on a good mule. Like if I said, okay, I'll lope your mule. You get on this mule and you lope mine. How would that go? They'd be like, uh, well, will you lope yours first? <laughs> and then I'll get, you know, because it's like we were just saying, sometimes I'll tell them, prove to me you want to lope. Like show me with your body language on that meal that you want to lope because a lot of times they're 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 trying to they're trying to lope but they're they're really not and uh, from the mule's point of view it's really confusing so i'll tell a lot of people like that hey you know you ought to go take some lessons go ride you know go yeah go down that 4-h barn down the road and yeah go, go do a bunch of lessons uh with that 4-h instructor you know and and just Ride something that's been rode a million times that you can get a feel for loping and get comfortable because that makes a big deal difference in the success too. Well, I feel like it's something you have to learn how to ride. You're, you know, like, yep. you're not just going to know how to sit it without having ever ridden it. Yep. So you might feel floppy in the beginning, but you just practice at it. You got to work at it. Yeah. And you got to do it a lot. And it's not something that you can learn without doing it. You have exactly. to go, you know, it's like, well, I want to learn how to play catch. Well, you got to, you got to play catch to learn to play catch. You, you, you can't watch a video on how to play catch, you, you know. I mean, you might know all the details. Well, that's kind of how you, I feel about could, like. You could watch a video, I guess, and see yeah. what people are doing, but you have to learn well, that's how I to feel follow about the ball and follow like, the movements. Like colt starting, uh, I've watched you start a million colts. How many colts? Have I started? Like, I know the answer. You ever watched me start a million? Only about 5,000. <laughs> Feels like a million. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, I know the answers if someone's going to say, what What do you do at this point or that point? I probably know the answer. Yeah. But how much have I actually done it? And how good would I be able to do it myself? Not very, because I haven't done it very many times. You know what I mean? To the, you got to do it. You got to be there. To. You got to practice. You got to. And it's like. Feel. Trimming and chewing, you know. Ty's started doing our own. Since we're on the road all the time, we don't have somebody to do it. And the only way to learn something like that is to, to do it. You did tell me I trimmed chrome the best you've seen. Yet. Yes, I did. I was like, good job, Ty. That's excellent. Because I, <laughs> I, I get them sore about every other time I trim them. <laughs> Just a little bit. But Cupcake, too. She she's He trimmed Cupcake and... And Chrome this week, and they're both just spectacular. But that's a good example. I have watched so many videos yeah. on chewing, trimming, uh, everything from problem to, to just simple. I've watched over and over and over again. And, of course, you know, my entire life watching the farrier. I, I, I wasn't one this to call the farrier over and then, you know, they're just doing the work 
you know, when I'm not there, I, I'm, I've always been there. I've watched, watched it done thousands of times too, but until you take a hold of those nippers and you start to yeah. well, go I, for it, it's, it, it, it you got to do it. Thing. Well, and I've, I've watched, I mean, my dad always did her own and yeah. I always was one that had to help him. <laughs> well, your dad, your dad's one that taught me how to had he doesn't like me to say that because i'm no good yet no but he he taught me how to, he's the one that taught me how to trim and chew like hands-on like okay this is how you do it <laughs> well and my dad hasn't had any like uh like professional training or anything it's like it just needs done you gotta do it and i'm sure his dad mm -hmm. did it too but i mean i watched him my whole life i was always the the helper of <laughs> trimming unfortunately because because I had a really short horse and, oh, he wore my dad out bad. But anyway, uh, you know, I watched him my whole life. And and when it would actually come down to me taking hold and doing it, there's no way it would turn <laughs> out well. But Ty and I were just talking about that yesterday. Like, uh, uh, yesterday is just such an art, you know, to get those mm -hmm. things right. And I feel like the same goes with, with any kind of writing. Like, it, a lot goes into it. You got to do, do it. it with you got sort of quality, you know, and you just have to do it. Like, like I, you know, me learning and to trim and chew our own, you know, I've done it now for the past probably four years, year, yeah. probably three or four years. I've been doing it complete myself. I haven't hired anybody in that time, you know, and so I've done a lot, but you just, you got to do it and it, you got to be willing to kind of mess it up a little bit. And the meals don't appreciate when I mess up on their hoofs, but <laughs> got to learn, sports. you know, you got to learn and, and, uh, yeah. So something else. So one of the days that you were late for class, just to mention that you were late for class one day, <laughs> um, on day three, actually, you were quite a while late. Uh, we did a micromanaging exercise. No, I was there. You missed it. You weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> I was there and then I left. Ty is just inching for me to say where I went. I went and took a nap. <laughs> Sky. So this is terrible. Class. She she left class. She comes back. I'm like, where'd you go? She's like, I was just really tired. I'm like, did you no, take a nap? No, Ty said something about I can't remember how it came up. He's like, did you go take a nap? And I was like, because yeah. you had a you had the nap look, the uh, <laughs> poofy eyed look. Whatever. She went to a nap. Guys, okay. I don't sleep well, okay? Ever. And so I was I was to the point where I was like, hey, I might as well just get it over with. Go lay down for like 20 minutes, come back, and then I'll be able to finish this class. <laughs> That's exactly what she did. And I did. And you know what? I finished the class feeling great. Okay. <laughs> I was very well rested while Ty was yawning. So <laughs> I was not. Uh, so we did this micromanaging exercise or rather don't micromanage exercise. And, um, I love doing that cause I get a lot of comments, but oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much I pick at my mule. So what it is, do you want me to tell you what you missed? I did do it. I did it. Cause I realized you come during thing. the very last part. I think I left after that. Okay. And mid mid that, but I so, did a cupcake because I did the same. So what it is basically, I have you pick a destination in the arena. So like, pick a post, pick the rope and shoot, pick a, the gate, pick a whatever, pick something, and you ride straight to it. And you try to ride on a loose rein. And I have people hold their their reins in one hand, and I have them hold it down by the mane. 
Um, and don't touch the reins until your last resort. So they're really trying to get done with seating their legs. Sometimes you have to do more with your legs to do less with your rein. That's typically what has to happen. You got to do more with your legs to get less, uh, to, to do less with those reins. So, um, but it was my favorite seeing, seeing people. So they'll ride to a point and, you know, as soon as they get to that point, they got to turn and go to another point. But it was fun hearing the giggles because people, you know, they're just good, they're, they're good sports because <laughs> they kind of basically I know every time I know every time somebody touched rain because they giggled. <laughs> they just like, well, that's exactly you know, what I was saying about their sense of humor yep. to themselves and their mule. Like they can just kind of laugh at the. the yep. Got to pull got to pull on them again. They kind of <laughs> giggle and they recorrect. They, they, they redirected and they corrected it and they they figured it out. But. You know, that's a good exercise. You guys ought to try that at home. If you, uh, you know, you just pick a destination, try to ride straight to it, and try to use your reins as little as possible. You try not to touch them at all. But the here's the hardest part, Sky. This is the hardest part of that exercise, was letting the mule make the mistake and then redirecting it. So the micromanaging part was... Um, as soon as the mule just even starts to think about, you know, you just start feeling them kind of go off course. People want to just right there, ah, just nag at them, you know. And I said, let them go just a second, like, like, like literally one second, one full second off, then bring them back. Because uh, you kind of got to let them go off and make it difficult to be out there. And then you bring them back to course and then you ease off. And, um, you know, then you go again, but it's, it's trying to make the right thing, easy, wrong thing, difficult. And that's hard, isn't it? It is. And I, I noticed a few things from that because I was there. <laughs> you were there, but, huh? Yes. Cause I cause remember Tammy's one who brought it up and then we went to, yep. broke to do it. but, and then you had us trot at the end a little bit, but a few things I noticed was one, it, it really showed the draw that Cupcake had to Riata in the middle of the arena <laughs> because she would just lean, you know, like wander over to there. And then, um, but when they did, you know, correct her to bring her back to where it would only take just the tiniest. I mean, I wouldn't even have to like hardly pick up my hand. I just have to use some leg and just maybe even tip my hand a little bit. And she would just correct, you know, so it was really, it was good to see it on both ends to be like, oh yeah, she has this little wandering to her, but I can bring her back really lightly. Mm -hmm. And then when we went into a trot, it's uh, like you said there too, it was almost easier at a trot because we had a little bit more like momentum to go somewhere, mm -hmm. not be uh, so wandery. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Cammy, um, you know, and I wanted to do a podcast with her. I just remembered that while we were there, yeah, I should have done a podcast with Cammy because she's really cool. We'll have to catch her in October. Yeah. Uh, but, you, you know, she asked me a question about she's got this really cool looking mule named Gus. Cool paint mule. And um, she's thinking about selling him. Or she was. I think after the clinic yeah, now, she's, she's kind of like, I kind of want him. Um, but she has a pile of mules, and anyways, Gus is the youngster of the bunch. Good and, mules too. Yep, she's and got horses. a whole bunch of good mules and horses and critters. Um, but she was asking about selling him, like my opinion on selling him. And he's Gus is a four year old, 
And this is just a side note for those of you listening that are, that are trainers, that are sellers, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of doing this and uh, looking to, to do the best out of it. Now, four years old is a terrible age to sell. Um, it's really inter- interesting right now, the mule economy. And I love to follow the mule economy, the, the mule business very closely, obviously, cause that's, that's what I do. That's my, that's, that's what I do for a living, right? Is be in this mule world here. But it's interesting to me how these weanlings, like we buy weanlings every year and, and weanlings get a weanling for, you know, two, three, four, five thousand bucks for a weanling. Right. And then, uh, but then as yearlings, twos, threes, and fours, and even fives, they're like worth, they're not worth much at all. I feel like it stays the same. Or, or at less. At the most, yeah. Yeah, at the most. So, yeah, it, and you might have been riding, um, you might have been riding quite a bit from two, three, four, and five, and they might be pretty darn broke, but they're still not super valuable in the mule economy. But as soon as they're six and seven and eight, it it just go, it goes up dramatically if they're a good broke mule. And right now in the mule economy, it's interesting because if it's if it's decent broke, I mean it, it doesn't even have to be you know a, a bridal mule, but just a decent broke mule. Like trail broke. Yeah, trail broke is really valuable right now. It's 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 amazing. Um, but if they're not decent broke, like if they got any problems and that, well, considering the human is honest, this, there is, is it interesting? Cause you can't hardly give them away. Like if there's any, if there's issues with them, uh, it's an interesting economy, isn't it? So anyways, I was telling Cammy, she's asking me, you know, when I said, you know, I'd, I'd ride him for a couple of years and you know, until he's six, and two more years of riding, and it wouldn't surprise me if Cammy at least had him in the Hackamore by then. Uh, he'd be worth a little bit then, wouldn't he? Yep. And she did say, oh, and another thing Ty said to her, too, is for one, you get a little bit more out of him. Uh, he'll be worth a little bit more. But also, you can, you'll have a better chance at a, a, good, home. a good home that he'll stick around. Because youngsters, unless they got the right person that can continue on, then seems like they don't yeah um, stay in our experience the average meal that we've ever bought that we've ever picked up has had on average seven owners and um, that's crazy isn't it yeah we very just... few people that raise that full actually see that full and keep it to to the point to, to the end of his life you know that's just yeah that's really rare very rare um a lot of people that raise foals rarely even keep them to the age of, of writing. Well, know? and then Cammy's going to have the problem that we have, which is once you get them good and broke enough to sell, you don't want to sell them at mm-hmm. that point. <laughs> that's exactly. how, that's how when we were um, selling more often and even now, but especially when we were doing it more often, that's when we knew they were ready to go is when we didn't want to sell them anymore. And we sold a lot of <laughs> meals that we just, didn't want to sell and looking back i wish there's a lot of them i wish there's, we would have kept there's a few that i wish we just wasn't worth kept, it but you know there's a lot of meals that we sold made 500 bucks on and you know then 500 bucks was everything 
right? That's that's what made her, you know, made the yeah. difference in us paying our house payment. But yeah. but looking back, I'm like, oh man, I wish I would have kept that mule. That's funny how things work out. Yep. Um, I got one more comment about the McCook Clinic, and this is something that I see a lot of people do. They use way too much outside rain. And poor Miss Donna there, I just <laughs> drilled on her the whole time about using that outside rain. She was real heavy on her outside rain. Um, it happens a lot with meals that are really forward. Yes. I would say more so. Yep. When meals uh, are either going too fast or they're yep. not balancing their weight in a turn very well. So I want to talk about using your neck rain. If you... the, the when I use my outside rain or the neck rain or the indirect rain, whatever you call it, okay, um, I refer to it as my outside rain. That rain, the tighter you come in on that rain, the, the sharper your turn should be. So if I had full contact with my outside rain um, and, I'm, and I want to do a turnaround, I personally still want to have slack in that rain, but that rain will be a, against that mule's neck. And that would be me doing a complete turnaround there that means i'm i prefer to pivot on the outside hind foot and that mule is spin around on that outside hind foot a complete turnaround okay that's how sharp it, it ought to be if i'm doing a sweeping turn then that rain is barely touching at all it's and it's more toward the base of the neck the, the point of the the point of the shoulder and um, a lot of people use that rain too much now one thing i like to do is I like to stop my pinky at the main. So if I'm riding two-handed, which if you're in a snaffle bit or you're hackamore, you're riding two-handed, and that that outside hand that's connected to your outside rein, it shouldn't come past the main line. And it just you just got to practice it, right? You got to uh, you got to do a lot of it to to keep that there. But you know that's something that uh, if you come to a clinic, I'll, I'll help you on. Uh, but that outside rain gets used way, way too much. And we always joke about the, and I love John Wayne movies, but the, the, you don't like them, but Can't I do. hardly watch them ride. But the, <laughs> the, the, the John Wayne neck rain, you know, and, um, and it's basically just, you know, you see the, any of these Westerns when they go to the turn their horse, they just rip that head around and they're, they're heading to the left, but their, their horse's nose is looking to the right. And, um, and that's how a lot of people ride. Like their ears flat yep. to the ground. But my outside rain, if I'm even doing, like I said, a, a full turnaround, my outside rain will be in contact with the neck, but there will still be slack in the rain. I don't want to have to pick up on that rain. I don't want to, I call it babysitting. I don't want to babysit my mule and have to hold them with that outside rain. And that's really hard because people really want to make contact. Or they really want to have that rain real high on the neck too, um, like toward the mule's ears or something, you know. And uh, I like it just about mid neck if I'm doing a, a, a turnaround right there. And it should be light. I want that animal to to have some self carriage through those turnarounds. Got any comments on that? Um, nope. It's just something I've had to learn too because I always I learned that I in the past have kind of held them, uh, how do you word it? Like I've held them in. Yeah. And... Yeah. A lot of people use the outside rain to hold them back. They say, I'm, I have contact here so I can hold them back in the turnaround so they don't fall forward. It was kind of like an aha moment for me to figure out that I still need 
lateral flexion to move the front end yeah in the beginning and eventually that will um, get a little less and less yeah yeah a lot of people want to have their the head really straight through that or some people even counterbend yeah for the turnaround people... they'll they'll tip the nose to the right when they're trying to turn to the left and and that's just uh, that goes completely against the biomechanics of a of an equine. Well, the purpose because you're turning, you're you want turning. You're gonna, look where you're everyone going. Everyone wants a sure-footed mule or animal. That's why they ride a mule. But then they're going to have a look yep. the wrong way while they turn. Yep. And then wonder why they might trip. Mm-hmm. Or so, they can't yeah. catch the cow or whatever they're yep. trying to do. So that was a big deal for me. And once I did that, I learned, right? Because you know, like I said earlier, cupcake tends to swap ends and what i mean by that is when i'm trying just to move the front end she'll keep moving the back end so she's like uh whirling mm -hmm. around rather than sitting back on her hinds and moving the front end only um and having that lateral flexion i can just totally feel it help her help set her back on her on her um outside hind a little bit mm -hmm. better which is still a, a major work in progress but she's getting the idea yeah Okay, I was reading in uh, True Horsemanship Through Feel, um, that giant textbook I carry around. Mm -hmm. You see me with that now and again? Yep. Maybe one of these days you'll read it? I want to read it. You just won't hand it over. Yeah, I've read it multiple times. But um, in the very back of that book, it gets to a question and answer se section. That's my favorite part of the whole book is this question and answer section. And uh, somebody asked Bill Dorrance a question there. Why don't more people... Um, why don't more people use this stuff or why don't more people practice this type of horsemanship, mulemanship, right? They said horsemanship in there. And, uh, he had two answers and I thought it was really interesting. I thought I would share on this and I'll share it before we take, before we go to break here. Um, he said a lot of people simply get along without it. Mm-hmm. And that was you and I for majority of our life. Yeah. Uh, we just got along without it. Like we had well, good meals. We did. We had horses. great meals and, and we had fantastic meals even compared to the average. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got along without it. And, um, and I think that's how a lot of people are. They're not super interested because they, they get along without it. And then uh, the other reason he gave was, because they're just not aware of it yet. And I see that a lot in our clinics. A lot of people just aren't aware. They didn't know that this stuff even uh, exists. They didn't know that it's out there. And I thought that's interesting too. Yeah. But we have a lot of things people can find. We got video library, this podcast right here. We got, we write for Western Mule Magazine every month. Um, YouTube. I mean, there's, there's Facebook. You've been posting for what a dozen years now yeah. on Facebook. We got so many free videos and tips and things on there. And, but, uh, so anyways, you may get along without this stuff, but you should not, not practice this. Um, because you're unaware. Well, I just think it's, it comes back to what you've said before about, like the <clears throat> more advanced you get, or how is it that you say like, like somebody who's more advanced would come and take the basic classes. Yep. Yeah. The more advanced you get, the more you should work on the, 
the beginning stuff, the, yeah. the basics, the fundamentals. So, well, and I've, I've been doing mulemanship too with cupcake as often as I can that we had them almost every clinic this spring. Right. Yep. And, um, we got about 20 seconds here. We've got to go to break. Do a break. We're going to go to break. We'll come right back here. I need to thank my friend, Mr. Ben Lewis at Roman Home. Mr. Ben has designed a really awesome tent. It's a cross between a wall tent and a range teepee. It's built to take tough weather, high winds, craftsmanship is amazing and it's made right here in the usa right here in utah usa and uh right now ben has a special going on you can save 500 bucks and uh go to romanhome.com roman spelled r-o-a-m-i-n romanhome.com and uh tell ben hello tell him ty sent you Okay, right before we went to break, you had a comment. Yes. So I've been taking mulemanship too, um, as often as I can, which has been a lot this spring. And uh, um, working on some of those more advanced moves, you know, that, and I haven't been doing foundation or mulemanship one along with those because mulemanship two is a lot. Um, and Ty even says for that class, don't, don't go in early. Uh, I want your meals to be fresh. I want you to be fresh, you know, so. Yep. And I don't like people to double dip. Like if, if you're going to sign up for mealmanship one, just, or excuse me, mealmanship two, just do mealmanship two. Because yeah, it's a lot, you know, so it's we've had people intense. this, just the spring rounds that did both. And it's just a lot. It's a lot of thinking. It's not a lot of like physical activity, but it's just a lot of mental stuff. Anyway. So having worked on that stuff and really trying to push our, you know, uh, skills, then this next few clinics, <clears throat> so last week, this week, and the next like four or, a, I mean, two or three or whatever, there's no mulemanship two class. So last week doing foundation and mulemanship one, it was really cool because I, you know, I was honestly bummed, like, dang it, you know, we we're doing so good. I love doing the mulemanship two class and building on that and having Ty, you know, to really, uh, tune us up on things as we go. But it was really cool going back to those basics because it, it opened up more than the last time I did those classes. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, I was able to see a lot more, like I said, in the foundation class, I was able to see more on the ground, um, more particularly than the last time I maybe did that class. And same with in the saddle, I was able to really focus on those basics, which only propels us forward in the more advanced stuff too. Absolutely. So it was, it was really cool to fundamentals never change to go back the, you know the basics never change you got my phone there i can yeah. get these questions um yeah these these uh yeah they, they no matter how advanced you get you you work on the basics again you get them you get them better well in each mulemanship two class we did you know we'd go through the mulemanship one checklist and then we'd go on we didn't spend a lot of time on them you know so i just kind of go through my checklist and then we'd go so it was, it was good to kind of go back to that and really focus in on those basics again. So 
Um, people don't understand how important it is to go back to the beginning. I get a lot mm -hmm. of questions like, well, just recently we had some friends say, I want you to do just a Hackamore class. Like just do a class for Hackamores. And I said, well, that would just be like mm. cult starting a mealmanship one day. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> they want, they, they, well, actually they said you should do like a mealmanship three. And, um, a lot of people don't realize that. Okay. We go through all this stuff in the snaffle bit and we go yeah. as far as we can. Okay. And we've graduated out of snaffle bit. We go to the Hackamore. You go back to the very beginning. Yeah, and you so do it all again. It really was kind of timely for me to go to the Hackamore and then spend some focused yep. time on Mulemanship 1 and rather than Mulemanship 2. Yep. And they say, well, what about when you go to the Touring? Same thing. Yeah. You go all the way back. Let's get some of these questions for our Mule Tip Tuesday portion of this podcast. Uh, first question comes from Jason Cordell. <laughs> Uh, I'm curious as to what breed, uh, or I'm curious as to what horse breed you find as a rule produces the best mules specifically for backcountry work, trails, packing, etc. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. Uh, Jason, you know, it, it's totally personal preference, totally personal preference. Um, you know, I personally prefer, uh, the foundation quarter horse breeds. I like the, the cow bred stuff. And the reigning bread stuff, they got a little bit more of a, of a spice to them, as my, as my friend Chris French would say. He calls them a little bit more spicy. Um, and basically, they just got a little extra zip and go, like Hannah, right, Sky? Oh yeah. She's got some go. That meal can go, and and I I like that. Uh, they're not for everybody. Um, they're they're not the they're they're not exactly um, you know, for for somebody that wants to kind of poke down the trail and and just uh totally relax and you know um whatever you know maybe some of the the other type the other bloodlines in the quarter horse world might fit that better there's some mellower bloodlines in the quarter horse world than the cow horse stuff you know some people like the gated breeds um i just recorded a with nancy baldock and she is an expert at the gated mule stuff and it was fun talking with her i'll, I'll be publishing that uh podcast shortly um, you know, but, you know, you know, obviously somebody like her prefers the, the, uh, the, the walking breeds, um, they're, they're smooth and they travel and, and all that. So Jason, it's totally personal preference, uh, as far as the, what breed you're going to go with, whatever fits you and whatever fits the country too, makes a big difference. I don't see it being really beneficial to have a gated breed, um, in the Rocky mountains. <laughs> I just, um, you know, there's not very few places for me to go faster and I, to actually gate. I feel like a lot of people think that they need a gated bred, you know, gated type mule for a smooth ride. But I've ridden some that are not real smooth and we've got some quarter horse mules that are smoother or just yeah. as smooth. Well, Nancy and I talked about that on her podcast, too, because the the way you set those animals up the gate and you know a lot of people want to put the big old gated shank bits on them and pull them into this gate and then they wonder why the suckers are so dang rough and mm -hmm. there's no self-carriage and and yet a gated mule could feel rougher than a than a quarter horse mule um simply by the way it carries itself it's self-carriage it could be off and you know um so it's totally personal preference um you know your dad likes the walking mules yeah he does my dad likes the fox trotters um, so you and I both come from 
parents that are into the, well, that, the gated that's stuff? That's kind of the same thing. My dad likes a smooth ride and one that's going to move out. But all of ours, I mean, we only have one walking mule and she's, all our others could probably out walk her. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, uh, she's fairly smooth. Well, like I mentioned Hannah. Hannah can move she out. She can. That mule's faster than everything we've got. And Cupcake, her little teeny, yeah, little teeny quarter horse legs just yep. move it. So this fly. It's really annoying. It's really crazy. Okay, next question. Del, uh, how do I say that last name? I'm not sure. Coffee? Del Coffee or Kohi or Del? Del C. Del C. Uh, <laughs> good evening. I switched from horses to mules about 10 years ago and have been loving it. I decided to raise a couple mule foals, but haven't found much information on the subject. They are being weaned now, and I am picking them up next week. I have raised quarter horse and Belgian foals before. Before, um, are there any things that I should be uh, that should be done differently? <laughs> you guys you, can you see. Need, you need you're the one that no, puts together. No. You need to. No, I was laughing at you trying to read this while swatting flies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I said, we're sitting here in the freight liner. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> okay. What are, you uh, are, are there anything? <laughs> are there any things that should be done differently with mule foals? Uh, thank you for your time and any advice you may have. I don't do anything different with the mule foals than with the horse foals. Um, so uh, basically, horse, mule, whatever, donkey. It's all the same as foals. I want to. Uh, get my hands on them. I want to get them used to me. Um, I want them gentle, but don't let them get pushy. You need to have intention every time you work with them. They need to know where you want them to go, where you want them to be, and how what what kind of standards. You got to set your standards right now, just as if they are a full grown adult mule. You gotta you gotta set those standards. Uh, a lot of people. Let the babies kind of rub up on them, uh, push them a little bit, move them a little bit, and um, you need to set those standards right off. Uh, and I, like I said, that's the same with horse or mule. I don't, I don't care. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get them halter broke a little bit. Uh, just basic um, first couple steps of the halter driving. That's clearing the front, a, a couple little circles, and rolling the hinds. That's a, those first three steps of the halter driving is really all I do with the foals. Um, until they're a bit older, then you can go to the four step roll behind, roll the front. Um, have them around, just take them, take them with you. Um, but above all, let them run with the adults, let them uh, grow up, let them be a mule, let them be a horse, whatever you're raising. Uh, those herd mates will teach them the most. Sky, the babies are kind of in your realm of things, you got to. Any comments uh, on that? I think just being all over them, but don't let them be all over you. Is there you go. <laughs> That's the good gist way. of it. Yep. Because a lot of people, I mean, I see videos all the time, like on Facebook. I just saw another one. People tag me in all the time when they see donkeys or mules and things. Um, <laughs> and this cute little donkey baby that they're holding, you know, they're sitting in like a lawn chair and they're holding this little donkey foal. Like and it's a singing. child, baby. yeah, but no, it's like yeah, the it's... cutest video because they're singing to it and it's got his head up 
on his shoulder like a child and just totally falling asleep and so stinking cute but that's not going to be cute when they climb no. in your lap and they're full-grown mammoth donkey cute and you're going to get lots of likes on your social media but that that is not recommended you know i i treat them the way like i said i'm going to set that standard right there and i don't care how cute and lovely it is i gotta set that standard immediately so uh i just think about your little brother justin and the mule jumping up on his <laughs> on, on his back yeah tell him about that uh, i i don't remember much other than him just walking out of the pen my younger brother what was he like i don't know <laughs> 10 maybe at the time i'm not sure I'm loving all over this full i mean he wasn't even weaned yet just a baby and he turned around and that mule just wasn't done yet and so he jumped on top all four feet on top of on his shoulders like <laughs> like uh what, what's that dance or you have your hands on the shoulders the, of the, person. the train or yeah yeah <laughs> whatever it is that's funny and um yeah it wasn't it wasn't real cute you know and we weren't i don't think we were picking up its feet and putting it on us or anything like that I don't... yeah i see some people do that and but that i do see nuts. a lot of people do that where they pick up their front feet from on their shoulders yeah. like they're dogs or something which we don't do with our dogs either no <laughs> i don't need them jumping nope. on us either next question is from shannon agard uh, hey ty i can't wait to see y'all y'all and soon in lubbock <laughs> i have a question that will lead up uh to how foundation goes with boy buoy um he's a little under two and at 15 hands already my molly and mary let him get away with murder they they let him be the boss. My main concern, since we're just starting groundwork, Bowie is numb to most everything I throw at him. I ask for forward movement, and he gives minimal effort. I have a flag, lunge whip, bags on a stick, etc. He's not phased by most anything I try. When he checks out, he will brace and turn and drag you. And I'm a good-sized woman. Um, if he's in a mood, uh, he, he will kick at you. Tarps, poles, barrels, obstacles not phased. I put a, a pad on and saddle on him one day for a moment. Not phased. My trainer referred to him as a deadhead. Uh, let's see if I can find the question here. Um, I'm trying to get to the point of this. This is a little long. Um, I don't see the qu actual will, question. Will you stop too soon? Okay. What was the main question so of that? So she says, but he is really smart. The only two things, so he'll have a meltdown over running water or sprays. Everything else he's really um, just not phased by. So she said, well, I guess she goes to, to dogs too. So Is there a main question in there without reading all of it? Sorry, Shannon. This is a little long. Well, let me to I'll just tell you what, what I'd do with that first part because I don't see the question in there. Um, you, stick to the process. So, so the very first thing we got to do is I'm not going to have them on the end of a lead rope. I'm going to have them free in a round pin uh, to, to get this forward motion, to get this built up. I'll go through the hooking on first. So I'm going to get that mule to move free in the round pin. And, and uh, you just get – you just – it's really easy. You just get louder with with whatever thing. Maybe you got a flag, or I typically have a lariat rope, and I'll just get a little loud. And when the mule moves forward, even at a minimal effort, I just back off. And then I'll come in again, and I'll build up a little effort, and then I'll back off again until 
the mule will learn when there's a little bit of feel put in there uh, to, to move off of that. Okay. And then before you know it, I could get to where I could walk, trot, lope. And of course, like I said, the mule is loose in the round pen at this point. That's how I'm going to build my forward motion right from the get-go, from the very beginning. I'll get them hooking on that way. I'll get them to where they'll follow me around there and, and come with me there. After the hooking on process, when I actually put the halter on, the very first thing I do is I clear the front. And, um, and, and, and that's when you get that front end to step to the side one way or the other, getting that front foot. So say I want to clear the front to my right, which would be the mule's left if I'm kind of facing the mule's head. And I want that mule's left front foot to reach to its left and slightly back. So it's making this big old reach over there, yielding that front end, and then I will, I will uh, release and I'll I'll back off, and and that's how I'll kind of I'll, I'll build that, and I, and I one step at a time like that, and uh, I re reward it and I back off. So that's how I'd build that forward motion, and going into the circles, then I start by making a quarter circle or a half circle, and I'll I'll ease off. So so the main thing is. It's not how much pressure it takes to get this mule to move, but it's how quick you can release the pressure when they are searching and seeking the answer and they, they kind of have an idea for it. Okay. So her second part question is about dogs. She said that her, that he's trying to trample her dog when she and the dog are out in the pasture together. Well, um, so maybe you can give your so, you know, dogs, you know, with, with the dog thing, you know, uh, that's tough because it, it it is natural for them to want to 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 eliminate a predator if they can't run away from a predator which they can't in your pasture your paddock your corral they can't really get away so you've already taken away their ability to flee um, they they are gonna click over to the the fight on there and um, so so that's natural but with the dogs here's the deal um, if if I Whenever I have the ability to, to control that mule, so I have my lead rope on the mule, I have, uh, I'm riding the mule, I'm going to set a standard that that mule cannot initiate anything from that dog, can't ask that dog to, to move, it can't get after that dog, it can't, whatever. It needs to be oblivious to the dog. Um, and I show them, hey, I'm aware I see the dog. I, I work. I, I understand that you may be concerned about it, but um, uh, yeah, you, you don't get to bother the dog while I'm hanging out here. And I set that standard all the time, every time. And same thing, if I went out to the pasture and I have the dog near me and maybe I don't have anything on the mule, maybe I, if I'm worried about that mule getting after my dog, I might have my dog right there with me on a leash and I might take my flag out there. And when that mule comes toward me and the dog, I might drive that mule away. I'm going to set that standard over and over and over again. Now, hopefully that standard will, and it typically does, will leak over into that mule's life even when you are not around. But if, if my dog goes out there when I'm not around, maybe I'm not home or something, my dog wanders out the pasture and he gets stomped. I mean, I'm sorry. It may sound really tough and harsh, but... I'm sorry, dog. You shouldn't have been out there, man. And it's the same thing. I'd I'd make sure I, I get after my dogs for going in the pen. We don't let our dogs go in the pens at all. Because um, we like them. Because we like our dogs, you know. <laughs> and and you know, it, it's just nature there. So, anyways, let's see the next question here. 
Okay, Lynn Kuchel. She says, my mule and I have taken a couple steps back. While loading in the trailer and sometimes going through a gate, he will turn his head away and go. He doesn't go far. I can usually catch him or catch up to him, but not always. He was self-loading pretty good, but now I, I have to hold the halter and secure the lead in the trailer. We have done a lot of groundwork. When will he get it? We've been working at it for three years. Thanks. P.S. See you in Pennsylvania. That's Lynn. Mm -hmm. Um, thanks, Lynn. Uh, appreciate the question. So, uh, I would back your trailer up to your round pin or your corral or whatever, um, to where you have a, a little bit of control. And, um, and I would, I would just let have that mule loose. And I basically, I'd just put a little fill in there and, and move, move that mule around. And the closer that mule gets to that trailer, I might just back off. And uh, make it really easy for that mule to to load in that trailer. And I do that over and over and over again. Um, and do it often. And then, you know, once once that mule is choosing to go in that trailer on his own, then I would go back to the halter. And I would really get my skills going good, particularly on clearing the front. And when you come to the clinic in Pennsylvania in the foundation class, that's something that I tell everybody that's in the foundation. If, if the only piece of this class that you get and that you retain uh, is the first step of the groundwork, which is clearing the front, if that's all you get, then you will not, I promise you, you will not have a trailer loading problem again. And um, so you, you'll apply that, that move to it and shoot before you know it, it'll stick. Uh, so to ask, when will he get it? To answer that question, as soon as you make it easier, that's the main thing. You got to make it as easy as you can to make that choice there. All right. You want to read this next question here? All right. Next question is from <clears throat> Scott Lynn. Hello, Ty. Dutton and I are doing well since we last saw you at Whitehall. We're progressing through the groundwork and enjoying the time we have together. Ran into a deal last week on the trail. I was riding Grace, Heather's mule and ponying Ruby and Dutton. A mile into the ride, he just digs in and won't move up the trail. He did this twice, so I switched to riding Ruby and ponying Dutton in the middle, or putting Dutton in the middle. He did it again. Sorry, let's see. He did it again. What can I do to encourage him to move his feet when I am not able to do circles due to being in a pack string or on a trail? Thanks for all you do, Scott and Heather. Hey, Scott, uh, that's a tough spot to be in with uh, a mule. You know, um, this is this is why before I I get my mules in a pack string or I get into a situation like this, I make sure I got things really going good by themselves. You know, you can do the most work when you're riding and you're, you're free to move and you're not attached to a pack string and you don't have responsibilities that way where you can just work and move. And so, you know, I, I'd probably go ride them by you know, by himself like that. And I don't mean by himself as just you and him. You can go with other people. I'm just saying without a pack string where you have responsibilities, I'd, I'd ride alone, you know, uh, but to, to answer your, your specific question here, when you are in that situation, um, the best place for you to be is in the saddle. I would not want to be ponying a mule that doesn't want to go. That's really difficult, especially if you got other mules in the pack string as, as well. Um, so, uh, anyways, as, as I'm, as I'm, as I'm working there, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to make sure that, 
I just keep that forward motion going. But also, I want to give that mule a chance to to fail a little bit too. You know, like so. I'm not gonna. I guess what I'm trying to get at is here. I'm not gonna just plug and plug and plug down the trail because a lot of people will bump and bump and bump and kick and kick and kick as they go down the trail. They get to where they want to go. They stop kicking. The mule learns when you stop kicking, they get to stop moving. And this is probably the most common thing I see with issues like this with the, with the mule like this. Um, that's probably the most common thing I see for sure is uh, these mules will get sick of getting kicked going down the trail and they learn that, hey, you know what? When I stop, you stop kicking. And so here's the deal. Going down the trail, I'm going to be at a medium walk. When that mule slows down and it might actually stop all the way, then I'm going to come in and I'm going to give it a little bump. And, and as, as it's walking, I'm going to back off. I don't really care how fast we're going. Okay. And then it stops again. I'm going to bump it. So basically every time we stop, I'm going to start bumping. Don't start bumping until the mule is, is stopped walking. Uh, so it's way back to cult starting 101. And this is probably one of the main things that people miss out on in the cult starting is really building a decent forward motion. Everybody's kind of scared to get their mules moving forward in the cult starting. And they don't work on that trot and the lope soon enough. And, and they don't really do a good job at the, at the walk either. But I really want my mule moving free and, and freed up there. So... Um, I would, it'd be back to Colt starting 101 right there on the trail with my pack string behind me. Uh, that's exactly how I would do it. I'd, I'd, like I said, I'd be walking. My mule slows down, leave it alone. Don't kick it yet. Don't micromanage it. it and it stops. Then I'm going to kick, 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 kick. I'm going to keep the life flowing though. While I'm moving, while I'm walking down the trail, I'm going to keep that life flowing. I'm going to keep moving. I'm not going to. I'm not going to try to, uh, uh, like, I'm not going to just be sitting there. So, so I'll have life in my body, but I won't be kicking, if that makes sense. Um, anyways, that's how I'd do it, Scott. And that's going to be annoying for you. It's going to take some work. But you do it like that, and you'll get a mule that will move for you, and you'll do a dang good job at it. So, Okay, our last question here is from uh, Tara Beck. What do you do with a mule uh, that freaks when left back at camp? Uh, she is she is still with another horse, but two are living are leaving. She has never been left back before. We can put her in a stall, but we are afraid she will hurt herself if we ride out. So, uh, Tara, I'd be practicing that at home as much as you can, leaving that horse in the corral at home by itself. Um, and taking taking your animals away, uh, you know, um, that's gonna that that's gonna give that that mule some experience there, and do that over and over and over again. Um, now, if you're really worried, um, start practicing on a high line. Put the mule on a good solid high line, and just practice putting that mule on the high line, and then and then kind of leaving and kind of walking around camper. Or just going for short distances, like go out a little ways. You can still see the mule, then come back, and then go out again and come back. And you got to teach them. It's just like anything else; they got to learn. But above all, Tara, uh, the main thing I would do is I would do a really good job getting that mule in a good mental frame of mind before you leave camp. So maybe that means you got to go do a good job and go ride that mule for a few hours, and then come back, put them away, and then go out on your horses. Um, that's how I'm gonna. 
I'm going to build that. So that mule has some, some confidence there. And, and of course, uh, you know, if you're in a place, we've got some good corrals, well, it just, you wouldn't have to worry a whole lot about it. The mule's not going to get hurt and it's going to be safe and, and not going to jump out and do something dumb and get hurt. Uh, but, uh, if, if you don't have good corrals, you don't have that opportunity, then I'd do what I just said and, and I'd build that a little at a time. So thanks for the questions today. And I hope you enjoyed, uh, this episode of our everyday mulemanship podcast. Don't forget if you have a, a question for us that you'd like answered here on the show, you can send us an email, uh, send it to Ty at tsmules.com and make sure you put in the subject question for podcast or question for Mule Tip Tuesday. And uh, we will try to feature it here on the show. And we are very grateful. So, and the Sky, I'm glad you got to <laughs> hang out today. Sky, maybe you just heard the door open. She had to leave because we had some, some, uh, uh there was an emergency. There's an emergency. So Swayze came up to the window in the semi and said, it's emergency with tears in her eyes. We just talked What's like the emergency? a week and a half ago about what an emergency is. Do you want to know what the emergency was? Yep. <laughs> there was a bee. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, maybe it was an emergency for her. So. It was, apparently. Um, all right. Well, Sky, I'm glad you got to join us today. Yeah. She really fought it this morning, you guys. <laughs> Ty's always trying to get me to do it with him on the podcast but i just i just it just makes me anxious <laughs> i enjoy it while you i know. get you talking yeah but yep all right hey guys thanks for listening if it's not too much to ask from you i would love to hear from you uh tell me tell me your favorite podcast episode send me an email let me know what you think i'd love to hear your feedback if you listen on apple podcasts uh leave a review and you know what I would really appreciate and love? If you guys like this podcast, I, I would love it if you would take a screenshot on your phone and then post it on Instagram or, or Facebook and tag us in that. Uh, I would just really appreciate you doing that. Share this with your friends. So anyways, until next time, God bless you all, and we'll see you down the road.